and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is a show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we are doing our bonus episode of Love in Contract. Yeah, and I actually took notes. I looked up fun facts. I I have things to talk about. I'm so excited, as usual. Uh, I guess last week we kind of learned why I shouldn't be allowed to bring notes to the podcast, because I will only know down the most unhinged things. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I forgot also... to look up his hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had to do. That was my homework and I forgot. That but, was, um, that... you, you bring fun notes. We have <laughs> maybe just different notes. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that said, I still need to pull up Asian Wiki. I am really failing. Oh, no, I have it pulled up. I have it pulled up. Nice. I just have a tab open to Asian Wiki at all times. <laughs> <laughs> it's your homepage because it's the most important of the sites, except that I would have no idea what Wiki's, what Asian Wiki's homepage looks like because I've never been there. I only look at shows. I've never seen just like AsianWiki.com. Is it even .com? Yeah. Um, it is. It's AsianWiki.com. Okay, then you know it's a classic. Yep. Yep. They got the that .com. They got that .com energy. And um, I've never seen the front. And that's fine. Now's not the time because I'm full of fun facts. And the only thing I want to say at the top is that we have to save Wu Guangnam until the end, like we do every other episode, because he's got the most fun facts. Yes, the most fun facts we want to talk about him the most. It always ends on a better note when we talk about Guangnam. <laughs> so. Uh, let's start with Park Min Young, because queen of K-dramas, queen of rom-coms, she was in this one. She was in it. She's done it all. I didn't know anything about her, and apparently she's got a lot of fun facts. There were a couple lists that I found that were fun facts about Park Min Young, and gotta say, half the facts were like, she's cute, and she's very good at um, acting. And I was like, bro, oh no. <laughs> no, you can't, We this is not allowed. But, um... Some of the actual fun facts were that she really liked playing Secretary Kimiso, Kimisu, in oh. What's Wrong with Secretary Kim. That was her favorite character, and one that we've never seen. It made me really want to watch the show. I also want to watch it. It's tough, because I think we watched it for a... Um, 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 when we watch were doing party. watch parties a couple of years ago. And the male lead was really hard to deal with. Um, like, really was, toxic. Yeah. And so we never revisited it because of him. But I remember liking her character and even liking the whole um, two weeks notice vibe of the whole thing. Two weeks notice is a fun movie. It was never my favorite rom-com, but it's fun. Um, I've never seen me it a, or a heard Sandra it. Sandra Bullock. <gasps> it's a... Uh, yeah, it's Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant. That's so cute. What a good pairing. Yeah, it's pretty... It, I think it's early... No, I think it might be 90s. It's either late 90s or early 2000s rom-com. I need to look that one up. It's cute. I think... Yeah, I think you didn't really sell it, so maybe maybe I don't need to look it up. But 
Yeah, sorry. Just that. That's a good pairing. And yeah. maybe it'll save me some time from not watching What's Wrong with Secretary Kim. I don't know. I feel like everybody else has watched it. And apparently Parkman Young loved it. So it feels like we got to get on that boat. But it's just, it just gives such bad vibes in the first few episodes. We've yeah. never made it past that hill. Yeah. Maybe he gets better. Maybe we're just not giving him the benefit of the doubt. I feel like the more K-dramas we watch, the less likely we are to have faith that it gets better, which is crazy because I think that it does get better about as often as it doesn't, if not more. So it's hard to say, but uh, if Love and Contract is anything to judge by, (laughs) things won't get better. Um, (laughs) That's fine. Also, Parkman Young studied in America, so that's a fun fact. Ooh, that's why her English really is extremely extreme. It's it's one of those things where anyone who speaks two languages is very impressive, but she did that um, barely accented moment pretty early on in the drama when she was doing the um, the explanation of all the people she helped and, and how she helps them and stuff. And um, it when she, I know it's only one line, she had time to practice. I was still very impressed because it, it's one thing to learn a language and then also perfect uh, or learn another language, but then also perfect another language. And I'm sure she, she's probably got a couple under her belt because most people outside of the US do. Yeah, I didn't. The internet didn't say that, but I wouldn't be surprised. Cause, oh, but yeah, it said that she went to like high school in America. Mm, whoa, that uh, that's crazy. I'm very weirdly excited about that. I don't know why. We wouldn't have run into each other, but there's there's a part of me. <laughs> I'm like, we could have. We could have at a point in time. And I think I probably would have been in middle school. Um, she was born... In 86? Um, yeah, 86, which is... I was born in 93. Seven years older? Yeah. So you could have been in elementary school? Yeah. So I would have been pretty pretty darn young when she was in high school. Which is not to say she's significantly older than me, but when you're that young, that relative age is a much bigger gap. Yeah, it's like dog years at that point, where you're like (laughs) a fifth grader being just big fangirl energy over a a high schooler. Significantly weirder than us fangirling over Parkman Young right now. (laughs) Just not the same vibes at all. Yeah, she's practically the same age now as yeah. us, but yeah. when we were kids, very different age. We would not have interacted. We would not have interacted. <laughs> I don't know why. This is a topic I decided to hang on to and really <laughs> drill down into. You're like doubling down on <laughs> I promise I you, FBI, whoever's listening, <laughs> we have not interacted. Okay. Parkman, <laughs> yeah. Don't She's- worry. Don't worry, she doesn't talk to children. That would have been weird then, and it would be weird now. <laughs> she doesn't, okay? Um, speaking of ages in a not weird way, I found out that Go Kyung Po, who plays Jung Ji Ho, was the youngest of the three leads. I feel like really? they made a big deal about Kang Hae Jin being like a baby baby. 
And apparently, Jung Ji Ho is the baby. He's the baby baby. He's the baby baby. He was born in 1990. Oh, he is he is a baby baby. He that's so that's so surprising to me. I yeah. once again, as always, I'm having the same crisis I always do when I find out how close oh, no. in age I am to some people <laughs> that I imagine are a bit older than me. Um I I guess he is. He's just a bit older than me. Yeah. So that's okay. That's great. <laughs> I okay. Jumping to him, I thought his funnest facts were that he was one of the founding members of Saturday Night Live Korea for their first three seasons. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Also, he's a singing guy, and he sings some of the OSTs for his own shows. He's just, like, on the soundtrack. Yeah, not of this show, I don't think, but I was like, What a talented guy. He's a comedian. He's a romantic lead. He's singing the soundtracks. Are you kidding me? And he has to be, like, the same age as us? Get out of here. Get out of here. You are- it's that multi-talented thing that hurts my feelings. I've got problems. I'm really (laughs) self-centering myself on this episode. Um. (laughs) How can we make all of these fun facts- more of, like, us facts. Yeah, more about us. More about Raquel, specifically. <laughs> um, I like it. I, I love a good Raquel fact. <laughs> um, fun fact um, about him. He's been in more things than Parkman Young. It feels like Parkman Young has been in everything. But that's because we've seen so many things that she's in. Because he's been in more, but we've only seen Chicago Typewriter before this that he was in, which I think we've talked about in the past. Yes. Yeah, I think in the f- maybe the first episode of our review of this drama, we talked about that. Solid. Solid performance from him. We hated Chicago Typewriter. That's on us. <laughs> Other people love it. But um, he did a really good job. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, but he's also I in character. Reply 1988, right? Which yeah. is on our watch list. I That's one that I'm really embarrassed we have not seen. Yeah, pretty much anything in the Reply series that, because everyone loves the Reply series, and we're like, we know we will. We know we'll love it. Mm-hmm. But we, <laughs> we just haven't watched it. But I think 88 is the, like, top one. The best of the three. Mm. That's the one we gotta get on. It's got, we'll put it on the poll for next our next drama. Yeah. Can I? This is. I feel like I'm not doing a good job of segueing between any of the facts. We never. I'm do. just gonna keep with that. I have. <laughs> I have no control over my energy right now. Can I tell you a face I did not recognize that I am so ashamed of is um. Chaesung In's adoptive mom, played by Jin Kyung. Mm-hmm. She was in Dr. Romantic. Yes, and wasn't she also in Uncontrollably Fond? Yeah, but I blocked that she- show from my memory. Dr. Romantic yeah. was my favorite show, and we just yeah. watched it. She was a very different character in Dr. Romantic, yeah. which, but she was very prevalent. Uh, I didn't think about it until you said it, and then I immediately was like, oh yeah, she was the nurse. Nurse, um, like the head nurse, I can't mm-hmm. even remember her name. 
I know. Um, when I read her name, I immediately recognized it, but can't remember it now. Nurse O. Nurse O. Like, <gasps> season three airs this month, Raquel. Dr. Romantic season three. That's going to be it's our time. watch party. Get yeah. on our Patreon, guys. We're doing watch parties again. Yeah. I need to watch season two if we're doing that as a watch party. Okay. <laughs> Fair <laughs> point. <laughs> I've wa- I've seen it, but it's been a minute, and I forgot they took all the characters. They left all the characters from season one, changed them out for season two, and then they're keeping them from season two for season three, which feels a bit oh. like a betrayal, but... Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. I'm fine. Like, I'm not being honored. (laughs) I feel personally, once again, making this about me, I feel personally attacked by that, but... (laughs) Just keep switching out the doctors if you're going to switch them out, okay? (laughs) Um, Okay, I have one more fun fact, and then I'm ready to talk about our boy, our golden boy, or accept any fun facts that you find while we talk. But I don't think you'll find this one. It's kind of deep. When I was searching through the Asian wiki, playing Who's That Face, I found out the manager at Ina Group, who Yumiho was always in contact with and who is part of her finale. I'm trying not to give any spoilers, just in case. His, the actor's name is Kim Dong-hyun. And then he... And the woman who played Jung Ji-hye, Lee Jubin, were in Mr. Sunshine together. What? Top K-drama of all time. And they're just, like, popping off. That's wild. I That is such a... It always um, blows my mind when someone is in one of our all-time favorites and we don't immediately remember them, which maybe is a little unfair to us in our memory, where sometimes they're very secondary or tertiary characters, where it's like, you don't have to remember the whole cast and their everything they've ever been in um, of your favorite dramas. And in my mind, I'm like, but why wouldn't I? I remember insane, useless facts about everyone constantly. Um, but anyway, that, I love finding stuff like that out as well, though, where I'm like, a favorite, a callback. Right? Yeah, to be fair to us, looking through the Mr. Sunshine cast list, like, the Asian wiki is encyclopedic. There are so many characters (laughs) in that drama. So, not only do I not have a memory for anyone ever, but that show had a lot of people in it. But to your point, also, um, Kong Hee Jin's manager, whose name we learned at the end of the show and then I promptly forgot, he's played by Kim Hyun Mok. And he was in Strong Girl Do Bang Soon and Goblin, aka Guardian, the great and lonely god, longest name ever. But he <laughs> wasn't like listed as a character in either of those. But I was like, we've seen him. How do I not know him? Where where was this dude? But I didn't know if you'd be like, yeah, he was background guy number four. He was goon three in Strongo Do Bang Soon, because you're good at that. Yeah, I... Mm, sorry, who was it again? Which character in, in this, this show? drama? Yeah. Uh, Kang Hee Jin's manager. Okay, so the manager... Yeah, I don't recognize him. Huh. 
Yeah, usually when I see a face, I'm like, I don't know what I've seen them in, but I have seen them in something. They did a thing somewhere at some time. And I do not, I I could not pick these people out. I could not pick these people out in the drama. We've, we've seen Goblin twice. And this man yeah. is not in it. <laughs> He's not in it. I'm, I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> Wiki is wrong. This is the first time I've ever said that, and I might, I might be pulling, putting a a bullet. No, what is it called? A target on my back. I might be putting a target on my back for saying this, but Agent Wiki is wrong. He's not in Goblin. He's not in Goblin. We need this. I've Don't correct us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, it's time to rewatch Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> we really should. Make the pilgrimage at least once a year, out of respect. <laughs> out of respect for everyone and ourselves. It's can I tell you? I was watching a show. We've been watching Dropout, which is a TV channel that yes has a bunch of funny shows. And we were watching one of the funny shows. I can't remember which one. I think it was Game Changer. And oh, I like that one. One of the comedians said that something that is like that he's very vulnerable to is people standing up for something that they believe in and like standing against an oppressor. And it made me immediately think of a scene in Mr. Sunshine where all the villagers like protect some of the rebels mm-hmm. by just standing up to to some of the people who are chasing them and it is no spoilers a very sad scene and it's beautiful and i cried uh, just thinking about it that one put me on the floor in tears <laughs> that and one I was like i haven't watched that in years we need to rewatch mr sunshine is what i'm trying to say we do. It's one of those things where I want to because I love it. It is one it's the greatest. It's the goat. It is uh it's hard to put anything in the top spot for like absolute all-time favorites, but that one is up there. It's it up is there. It is probably number 1. It competes often for number 1 spot. And uh, I also know that watching it is an emotional journey that I don't know when I will next feel ready for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my three number ones, Crash Landing on You, Goblin, and Mr. Sunshine. Extremely different, so I don't think I could pick an actual number one. But I feel this pressure to rewatch them that I don't know that takes so much emotional capacity that I feel like I never have. Yeah. I yeah. can't do it. I can't cry I can't that much, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till real life lessens up and then I'll rewatch Crash Landing on You. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That one will be tough also. That one doesn't feel as emotionally difficult <laughs> as Mr. Sunshine. Um, Mr. Sunshine is also more difficult than even Goblin, because I can remember moments of humor and, and I don't know, th- they had more space to be lighthearted 
more often in those shows that they didn't have this like Mr. Sunshine is lighthearted at times, but it is hard to find those moments. It's hard to find the time for those moments when you're talking about stuff like occupation, genocide, war, slavery. Um, it's just a heavy show and (laughs) but it's real good guys you should watch it we can't but you should (laughs) oh oh my god we did it we did the segue because okay the guy who played our favorite character wukong nam his name pause for dramatic effect is kang hyung suk his first ever show was Crash Landing on You. Uh-uh. First ever show. This dude popped no on the way. scene for the biggest K-drama of all time. What? I do not recognize- I I think that he's so beautiful that I'm mad that I don't recognize him. I'm like, Aww. I would remember that face. It looks like he's not even named, though, in it. Yeah, there was one website that I found that was like, fun facts about him that were not fun facts, or I would have shared some of them. But um, they had a screenshot from Crash Landing, and he was just like, a soldier. And I was like, fair. Okay, he looks like a regular dude in in that scene. So it's fine. It's fine that we don't remember. It's insane that... Like, just the shows that he's been in, that he just comes on the scene in Crash Landing and then does Dr. Romantic, Itaewon Class, Mystic Pop-Up Bar. Like, what? It's really hurting my feelings that he's been in two things that we watched for the, uh, for the podcast, and we... He's not a named character in either of the things, but I'm still so bummed that... I didn't see him and say, he's going to be my favorite forever as soon as I saw him. Right? I I mean, looking at this list, I'm almost like, did we make a mistake watching this as our first, like, real, real Kang Hyung Suk drama? Because also when I was looking at his quote-unquote fun facts, they were just like, everyone fell in love with him in Hometown Cha-Cha-Cha. He was very cute and lovable. And I was like, he was perfection in love and contract it was just that the rest of the show was a disaster (laughs) did we make a mistake is this our fault no i it can't be a mistake to have fallen in love with him as guang nam that wu guang nam is is flawless he carried this show on his broad (laughs) strong wonderful shoulders <laughs> he did, he really did. Till the end. He did he was so strong. Every step of the way, Wu Guangnam was perfect. And they still did him dirty, but he was perfect. Yeah. They really tried to ruin everything about him. Should we <laughs> give like an overview of the show? I do <laughs> I don't wanna end too negative. But like yeah. we could give a a broad, like, if you haven't watched the show and you're just here for, like, a review, sorry it's buried this deep into the episode one, but Oops. we will tell you now kind of the best parts and the worst parts, and you can decide for yourself if you want to watch it. Yeah. 
I I like that idea. I like the idea of giving some some overview of I guess like because we've talked about it over time, but I I do want to dial in to why we have been hard on it through every episode, including this one, but also that there were good parts. Um, yeah, Guangnam. <laughs> there's Guangnam, so there's that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the other good parts because. The romance itself was so good, but they tried to mm-hmm. take it away from us until the very end, which yeah. makes me mad. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, at the very, very end, they still were really weird about storylines and building relationships and characters. And, uh, so that's one thing in the negative box where they, uh, they did a really weird job of, presenting what felt like themes and and overarching vibes of what they wanted their the the message they wanted to get across of you know not self-sacrificing for like love doesn't have to involve some kind of big self-sacrifice you can live your life for you and still be good to other people um and they what else um, what, what else was in that message? Just, you know, I guess like the solid foundations of a relationship that's authentic and real. And, um, so like really cool themes and messages they tried to get across. And then they did weird things where they like repeated it over and over again, instead of say, instead of having it be like a linear growth of characters and, and delivering the message. It's like, Every couple of episodes, it's like they had to double down so they would reset and people would do the same dumb things, um, like self-sabotage, sabotage their relationships, trying to handle something alone instead of with the people that they love. Um, like every couple of episodes, we just did the same thing over again instead of growth from beginning to end. And even so, even by the end, it felt like they were just going to do it again after we stopped watching the show, after we leave our characters with their sort of happy ending. Like, they gave us a happy ending for literally everyone, even people who very much did not deserve a happy ending. And still, it felt unsatisfactory because our leads didn't seem to have the emotional growth and capacity to have a normal relationship. Every single person that we were rooting for was like, I have not learned my lesson. I am still (laughs) going to be the same person I have been. And if we come across a struggle in the future as a couple, I'm going to handle it alone and hide myself away and hope that nobody notices how much pain I'm in. It's like, oh my god, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that for you. Yeah, no one's asking for that. Nobody's asking (laughs) for that. Okay, be different. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I it just, um, I guess like spoiler alert. I think that if people are watching our bonus, there it does like imply some heavy spoilers. But if you want to like ten second skip, I'm gonna just give a big one. Um. Yeah, there was a big breakup in the literal last episode that did not make sense. That doesn't make... That is some episode 13 horseshit. Like, I don't want to see that in the last episode. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and we wasted so much time on that that we didn't address 
any of the very heavy topics that they had built into the show, which, sorry to be a broken record, we've said it all throughout this podcast, so I'll keep it brief for our ride-or-dies who have listened to all of these episodes, but I hate that they introduced so many heavy topics and just kind of had them as background information and little tidbits about our characters that that come off as like fun facts and you're like no attempted suicide and attempted murder and human trafficking and lgbtq plus discrimination and all of the other things that they did are not just fun facts about our characters yeah it's not they're not like footnotes in these characters lives They are storylines you aren't finishing. And that's the show. Like, they just, they don't care. They don't care that they're not finishing them. Yeah, because the storyline is that there are two people that fall in love, and the storyline is there's a love triangle, and the storyline is her job is unique, and she's extremely multi-talented and the storyline is that they did some i don't know they they're very entangled with a corporation and the story or two corporations i guess you know it's like the it's like they used the interesting difficult topics to drive these these storylines that don't matter as much as the things that they used to propel them forward i I think that of all of the things that they didn't resolve, the one that's the hardest for me to deal with is the stalking storyline. Um, and I guess in a way they implied that she pressed charges or whatever, but that, again, they made it a footnote in her story, which, again, fine if that's not what they want her character defined on, um, but... It is a big deal. It's a big deal that deserved uh, to be half of completed. The show, if yeah, not more should have been devoted to that. But it was like every. I think it was just twice. It was like two scenes in two different episodes where they were like, "Oh yeah, did you, did you remember that stalker who tried to kill her?" And you're like, "Yeah, I do. I sure did. I've never forgotten." <laughs> do you guys remember? And they're like, oh, yeah, he's he's arrested now, so it's all good. That's it. I I feel like your choice is a very good one. My, I think the one that I will have a hard time living with, because he was my favorite character, is Wu Guangnam's storyline. Yeah. <laughs> which, I guess, spoiler alert, we're just going to spoil the whole ending for Wu Guangnam. <laughs> But it's him saying, I don't want to stay in Korea because it's not progressive enough. I don't want to be hurt by all the people here who will turn on me when they find out I am gay. And that's just never addressed and never, like, resolved at all. People are just like, what if you could sing, though? It would be really convenient for me and our friendship and our relationship and my job. And And you'll get rich. You'd get rich. Like, 
I don't. So your family's gonna forget that you came out to them and they reacted like shit and have really, really terrible, rampant homophobia through the people who are supposed to love and support you. We're just gonna sweep all of that under the rug because you're rich now. Isn't everyone happy for Wuguanam? And we're like, wait, what? We're not. Um, is he happy? Because he doesn't. That's never what he wanted. He never wanted. Yeah. To be rich and famous, he wanted to be loved and accepted. Yeah. yeah. And he is that one's <laughs> That's a tough sell. That's a tough sell to say we're going to introduce how hard it is to to come out to your family that has shown that they are homophobic, and we're going to introduce uh, a desire to to find that acceptance somewhere else, and we're going to introduce all of these things and undercut it hard just legs right out from under that all of those those topics yeah (laughs) it's just really frustrating if you're going to introduce those topics because i honestly would have been just as happy if they had uh done a storyline for him where he is accepted in his family maybe not you know society at large but he is accepted in his family and he does have desires to uh, sing. Like, he's extremely passionate about music, and it is what he wants to do. I would have absolutely accepted that. And then this would have been a happy ending where they fulfilled the storyline they created and all of these these plot points and all of the information. But instead, they introduced some really hard topics to drive his character that they never confronted in a real way they never took the time to deal with once they introduced them and it just doesn't make sense i don't get it i don't get why you and it sucks because so we're harping on the bad things let's introduce some good things they did some really fucking cool things with particularly wu guangnam's character i yeah, thought he's that a it was solid character yeah i thought it was really cool that he was uh a teacher and uh an athlete. He was a martial arts teacher for kids. That is such a cool thing. That And they had him show up and have the coolest hero moments that uh, I just, I love to see in these kind of tropey uh, K-dramas in a way that's not tropey, right? Like, he got to be the hero instead of the male lead. He walked in and said, um, there's a camera there, there's a camera there, I just kicked your ass, and you're trying to commit insurance fraud. Um, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Like, that was the coolest so moment. I, I loved that he was a bodyguard. I loved that he was honest about who he is. Like, he, th- he was the coolest fucking character. Like, he walked into a job after losing a former job due to homophobia um, and discrimination. And he said, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not dealing with that bullshit again. This is uh, this is who I am. And I, that's part of you knowing is part of my contract. Like, I'm, I'm not going to deal with this again. And that was cool as hell. I loved it. Um, so but then they good. took that job away from him, too. The, it was just so weird, the journey that they sent him on. <laughs> yeah, pretty quickly, Kong Hye Jin was like, I actually don't need a bodyguard anymore. Thank you. You're fired. Yeah. As it turns out, um, I wasn't being stalked. It was the woman I love. So I'm good. I'm leaving this company. No biggie. He even has the audacity to ask Wu Guangnam to protect 
Chae Sung-un, which I get that he's like, your best friends, obviously, you're going to do this anyways. But I don't know, maybe it's just me as a poor person being like, could you not like even propose hiring him and being like, and I'll pay you for it. I will pay you to be Chae Sung-un's bodyguard. But he's like, no, I know you just lost your job, bro. And that's really hard because you were working for me and I fired you. Could you, as a favor to a friend, do the same job? He's like, oh, <laughs> you silly, silly boy. Uh, yeah. I do not like this side of you. I do. Nope. I, if we're focusing on the good, I really liked Kang Hee Jin's relationship with Jung Ji In and Jung Ji Ho. Mm-hmm. I feel like they ended that in a good place where it was like awkward enough to be believable, but they were cute together. Yes, that's that's good times. I also really liked Kang Hee-jin's relationship with both of his uncles, which never really came up in, like, Kang Hee-jin's messy family life. Who's he gonna turn to? And you're like, he's got two uncles that he really vibes with. Uh, I don't know. I assume they're his mom's brothers. They're dope. They were awesome. Yeah, they're super present. They're super... uh encouraging even when they're not stoked with or i guess the one that runs the the agency his his um entertainment agency uh did i t- did i title that business correctly who's to say well moving on <laughs> um, <laughs> it's an anyway. electronics company yeah yeah that's a little yeah, insight joke for our pre-ramble um <laughs> It was a bad one, though. Don't don't purchase this episode just to know what that joke was about. It's yeah, it's fleeting. Only subscribe to the Patreon if you uh, feel it in your heart. <laughs> don't subscribe to the Patreon just to get that joke, please. Thank you. Okay, well, now we'll forget I ever said it. It, it would have it would have felt like a scam. I thought it was a funny joke, but it, it would be a bit of a scam to be like, yeah. subscribe to our Patreon for that one joke. <laughs> um, shoot, what was... Oh, just that that uncle was frequently frustrated with Kong Hae-jin, and, but was still really present and leveled with him and was like, listen, you can't behave the way you're behaving. This is not normal. You should not center your life around this woman. Um, you are destroying what we're building actively. I don't know why you're doing it. Yeah. And then <laughs> Kang Hee-jin very flippantly leaves the company. So I think I I feel like his uncle reacts reasonably with being like, you are the company. You are the top star. You are our only product. If you leave me and everybody else here will be out of a job. You started this, just keep doing it. It's what makes you happy. So I, yeah, I think his, both of his uncles are very there for him, very supportive and very reasonable. And what more could you ask for in a tertiary character? Yeah. That, yeah, that's, that's a great tertiary character. So I and it would have been nice to see a little bit more emphasis on him not being completely alone because he has a manager who's a really good friend and his uncles and his mom cares but kind of sucks at it. <laughs> and she sucked for and, the whole drama except the last episode. She had a good turnaround. Yeah. She had a good turnaround. 
felt like it came a little out of nowhere. Like there could have been some more uh, overtime growth, but she she got there, and I won't slight that. I guess. Um. <laughs> I will, but it's fine. <laughs> I will hold it against her. It's um. Yeah, it was good. He. I had do, a fine ending. What? Yeah. Oh no. Oh, I do just like that. I. Here's the thing. There were some shaky parts, so this is like a hard sentence to say without it being too overarching and discrediting some stuff I really didn't like about it, but I do think that they did a fairly decent job with a love triangle from where I'm standing, which is to say they didn't ever make it up in the air what what way things were going to go. There was never a question of, of is Kong Hae-jin the one for her? She was very clear about her feelings. Um, she was very clear about her feelings pretty early on and consistent. There weren't... Kong Hae-jin got really confused. He thought there were mixed signals. I didn't see those mixed signals. Um, see, and, and I would agree with your like evidence. I would disagree in that I think that makes for a bad love triangle. Like, I don't yeah. want a love triangle where typically the second lead is so much better. Like, the first male lead is usually garbage. Yes. And then the second male lead is, like, a normal person. And you're like, <laughs> okay, go for the second male lead. What are you doing? This love triangle sucks. I am miserable watching this, and that's why I hate love triangles. But I yeah. also felt like it was dumb to be like, our whole show is centered on this love triangle. Isn't it crazy? And the quote-unquote love triangle is just this man pretend like pining for a woman. And you're like, yeah. She never engages. She never flirts with him. She constantly says, "I'm actually like starting to have feelings for this other person. I don't want to work for you. I don't want to be near you." I'm not interested in you romantically. Like, it's always very cut and dry what their relationship is. It So I think that makes it not a love triangle. Yeah, he was very delusional. I will I will give you that. It, I was comfortable with the love triangle for the exact reason that you said, where I'm so used to this one who she doesn't end up with is leagues better than the one that she does end up with when there's a love triangle. And I hate, hate love triangles for that reason. Um, I, I just, that is the exact reason that I hate them. That said, it wasn't a successful, who's it going to be love triangle for sure. It was always cut and dry, very clear. And not just because the, of the label on the show, right? Where we just kind of know that there's one person that's a little bit bigger when you see the, <laughs> the <laughs> you see the, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, that all aside, like it was always very clear who she would end up with, which, um, yeah, it doesn't make for a great, who, who's it going to be? Who, who does she actually love? Also, Kong Hae Jin was, very toxic and problematic in the love triangle. Pretty oh much the God, only thing yeah. I liked is that she didn't end up with him. And that's why I'm like, a great love triangle, because she didn't end up with the toxic <laughs> one. <laughs> For once, a female lead in a love triangle didn't end up with the the male who was toxic the entire drama. <laughs> so I guess 
points for that. <laughs> Ooh. I, okay, overall feelings. It was not my favorite, but I'm glad I watched it. It's one that I feel like people will talk about for a long time. And I just want to be in. I just want to be cool. So I want to be able to say I've seen a lot, if not all, of Parkman Young's dramas as yeah. a K-drama podcaster. I'm glad I watched this one. As Me too. As a K-drama lover, I didn't like it. And I'm sad I watched it. Oops. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I feel bad always being so definitive. Um, like when we are definitive, when we don't like a drama, it's stupid because it's our podcast and we're allowed to have our opinions. And if someone loved this one and we didn't, totally to both are valid. That is one of those things that there can be two, two different opinions on where it's like some people might have really, really liked the twists and turns and directions that this one went in and that's completely valid i still always there's a the people pleaser that lives inside of me that's like i don't want to say i didn't like it because what if someone gets bummed um but yeah i didn't i also am like mm. uh, <laughs> i i've been less satisfied with other dramas in the past this one had had some really really decent points in its corner um but yeah. that said Overall, I I wasn't usually super excited to about halfway through I stopped being particularly excited to watch this one. So Fair. I think to your point, I kept going up and down, which says a lot about the drama. It did <laughs> as much as sometimes I was really like, oh, I don't want to watch it this week. There were other times where I was like, I'm in, I'm fully invested, I'm enjoying every moment of this. And I gotta give it props for that. Yeah, I loved the first couple episodes. I thought they did a good job of building up. It was the it was the come down when they didn't do a bunch of the storylines they had set up that I was like, oh, okay, um, all right. <laughs> and yeah, and then the, and then there was another rise when we finally got the romance between the two leads, and it was so good, and everything was fun. And they, you were just, you had to ignore all the background noise. There was a lot of storylines in the background that you just had to be like, I don't see them. I don't hear them. I only know these leads. And that was perfection. That was a good time. Yes. Um, before we hop into like rating and wrap up, there were two things. I feel bad if we don't talk at all about Jung Ji Ho's storyline and the good and bad points, but we can make it a little bit quick. He was a little bit of a... I don't want to say he was a boring male lead, because I actually really liked his characterization, and I thought that he and Choi Sung-un had great chemistry. I thought that was really good. I think where I... Where I... I guess, like, the kind of downer points in his storyline is that it's the same thing with the rest of the... As the rest of the drama, where uh, he had, you know, moments where... um they introduced storylines like with his family and stuff that really were just, they were heavy storylines. Um, but it was just to inform, I guess, how he is, which I is fine. That's his is maybe the one that I'm the least bothered that they didn't pick back up, but it's still a little weird that they had his cousin show up at one point yeah. and then never again, never again. That's weird. That's really, really weird that his family wasn't part of it, even though they were showing up. And he had some pretty 
messed up memories himself of growing up in a like uh, adopted by his aunt and um not treated well in her family uh anyway yeah it's weird that they did that it's weird that they brought that up and then never concluded that but i did like that he was an awkward character i wish he had stayed more awkward i think i said it in the finale as episode as well where i i wish that they didn't feel like they had to make him quote-unquote normal right uh in his interactions with everyone and I guess they they still kind of honored that, right? Where he he was still a quiet guy, even up until the end, who didn't want big, flashy shows of affection, but would accept them because it was coming from the woman he loves. And um, so there there were some consistencies and some inconsistencies. It just felt wrong not to talk about him at all when we were like, okay, Kong Hae-jin and Choi Sung-un, and that's all. (laughs) I feel and like Gwang we Nam. should we should also say Wu Guangnam peak best part of this show. Oh yeah, close absolutely. second is all the people in Jung Ji Ho's life, like his yeah. coworkers and his boss and his his boss's wife, and then there's like a couple circle that he joins. All good people. I yes, they made they made this drama. It was very good. Yeah, his therapist who his therapist? dipped. Oh, yeah. Partway through. I which I guess fine if, if he felt like he didn't need therapy anymore, but it's okay to ha- continue therapy even if you feel like one aspect of your life has been fixed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm side-eyeing that decision. Hopefully the actress <laughs> just got a great role and was like, I got to go. Yeah. They're like, great, okay, let's resolve this then. You help him decide to tell Choi Sung-un that he loves her, and then you're gone. Like a ghost. You're gone. You fade. You're like a ghost. <laughs> I forgot about her, so I guess that's on me. But yeah, just, I loved the people in his life. The secondary and tertiary characters that, yeah, I... I wish we had seen more of them coming to understand him rather than them accepting him as he changed and being like, oh, I get it now because he smiles more and he's more open. So he's just so much easier to be around. I wish we could have seen more of the like, no, I just get him now. Like he's the quiet, not smiley, not he doesn't make eye contact he doesn't want to eat with us type of guy. And that's okay. We still like him. We still went to his housewarming party because he's cool. He's just like very reserved. Yeah. And there is nothing wrong with that. You can be a reserved person and still be a good person. Uh, And it's okay to not emphasize that in order to be uh, liked by people, you must be gregarious and outgoing and involved it's okay to maybe he only has lunch with them right or like maybe it's very very rare for him to go out but when he does he's really genuine and they enjoy the time with him and then they're like yeah he just only comes out every once in a while and and like i would have liked if they didn't have him drink at the end if that was still kind of a thing for him that he was like, I'm just not interested in drinking. I don't feel good. I can't handle my alcohol. And it's okay if I drink water or something while everyone else drinks alcohol. I'm a great designated driver. I love to take care of my people, uh, especially my 
my partner, my wife, my girlfriend, wherever they are with their relationship, instead of being like, oh, well, I want to drink with her so she's not lonely, I would have loved for him to say, I I won't be drinking alcohol, but I'm still there with her. I, I will drink water with her so that she's not lonely, and we'll chat, and we'll spend time together. Yeah. Oh, so it sucks that he had to change every single thing about himself to be with her, and even to the end, they were like, just so you're just so we're clear, she doesn't change at all. She does not learn or grow or change because she is perfect and does not need to change. <laughs> she was perfect uh, from the offset. There's nothing okay. about her that sh- you should change for her. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, is that true? Okay, we should all change for her. Okay, we will. Yeah. We will. We'll, ch- we'll all change for Che Sungin. Yeah. What if no one That's had to change show. And everyone just learned to be more genuinely themselves and enjoy each other. It's too deep. I hate it. <laughs> we should all be more like Chaesung and I think is the goal of the show. <laughs> so everyone be Chaesung. It's a what little much. What would do? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm getting the tattoo. I'm getting the what would Chaesung do tattoo. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know this episode's going long. There is one last thing that we should confront because we harped on it through like many (laughs) episodes and it feels like a bonus episode thing to just kind of drill down and say, uh, Wu Guangnam didn't need a romance that because his character was a complete and whole character without a romance. It does feel like a cowardice move to have not given him a romance that it felt like they either were setting up with the manager, but even if it wasn't with the manager, maybe they are better off as friends. That's great. Um, I'm happy with that. Uh, it just, it's one of those things where I would have loved to see, um, in this more mainstream drama, them introduce a relationship for him because, uh, I don't know. Like, it, it, he's great without it. I'm the first person to say, like, not everyone needs a romance. His character did not need it. It would have been nice to see it. I would have, I would have liked to see something like that for his character. And we have pulled the, like, we definitely partway through the series, um, said fucking coward for <laughs> cowards for, like, the the people who weren't writing the romance and you you called that one i was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt i was like maybe they will maybe they'll like really commit and make this uh make this a thing and then they didn't and it it does feel like cowardice it felt even worse because they they doubled down on being like we know what this looks like and the manager is terrified of the optics of their friendship yeah um, he he has to clarify constantly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much worse, guys. You're doing the worst possible version of this relationship. So thank yeah. you. Please stop. Um, yeah, fully agree. Like, he doesn't need a relationship. Wu Guangnam could have just been single. But it sucks that at the beginning of the show, we see him dating normally and being a cool dude who has other dudes sleep over. And then by the end of the drama, he's so terrified about being alone and being ostracized from his society and his family. And despite having no resolution to that, they're (laughs) also like, he's 
totally alone. He's going to be alone forever, but he's rich and famous. And you're like, <laughs> we don't need the money. We need him to be emotionally okay. So figure that out in whatever way it looks like. You're being cowards by not giving Wu Guangnam a stable, healthy relationship at the end of this drama where yeah. we know he's going to be safe forever. Yeah. Yeah. I would have loved to see, yeah, stable, healthy relationship or him, again, maybe he's he's still dating. He still gets to be himself. Um, but it kind of feels like he was pushed into a new career that he has to um, even more be careful with like because even the straight idols right like the people who are in hetero relationships uh have to tiptoe like freaking kong hey jin had to hide the shit out of his fake relationship and when it got exposed that shit blew up and so now we're pushing a character whose storyline was that um he just really wanted to be accepted by his family or leave to go find somewhere he could be accepted. We're pushing him into a career that it will be very difficult for him to live uh, normally and have stable relationships with the men that he wants to date. And we're not giving any kind of resolution for that. We're not um, like showing him getting to authentically be himself. We're just saying this is his career now. So everything will be fine. Cause his family doesn't care what he said five minutes ago, as long as they know that he's going to be rich. It's why I, we keep harping on that. I keep bringing it back up, but anyway, I, yes, it <laughs> just would have been nice. Yeah, it would have been nice. Um, and the reason it came back up is just because like, it did feel important to be like, Hey, yeah, we wanted a relationship for him, but this is why, like, throughout the whole series, this is why it bugs us that he doesn't have some kind of relationship, even though he's a really dope character with or without one. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's a good, that's a good end cap that needed to be included. Yeah. So we've gone extremely long on this episode, but here we are. Yeah. And I've been trying to think of who any of our award winners would be. Happy award winner, obviously. <laughs> Wu Guangnam. No, I don't know. Mm -hmm. He might be more of a nurse park. Like a like an angel who would do anything for anybody, but is also ready to throw a punch. That's Nurse Park. That's Wu Guangnam. Yeah, Nurse Park Award goes to Wu Guangnam. I love that. 100%. Happy award winner is... Just a dog, like a literal dog. Perfection. <laughs> Perfection. Which Wu Guangnam is close. He's almost there. But usually they have to die to win the happy award. Yeah. And he not didn't, always, fortunately. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I said this. I kind of thought in the finale that either Che Sung Un or Jung Ji Ho was going to die. Probably Che Sung Un. It seemed very much like she was saying her goodbyes. And I thought Ina Group was just going <laughs> to kill her. And that was going to be the finale of this show. It seemed adequately wild. That would have been unreal. <laughs> so, glad that didn't happen. No happy award winners for this show. Yeah. Um, no bus stop girls that I can think of. Um, no good turns. I think that the sister of the stalker almost could have been a bus stop girl for just doing a good turn. And then she 
took a really dark turn and became the worst. So, <laughs> not her. Um, I guess there's, like, a lot of the guys that went on forums to speak out on behalf of Choi Sung-un and how she helped them. I thought that that was kind of nice. Like, not a thing they necessarily had to do. But they were like, yeah, we should protect her because she, she like, really helped me in a lot of ways. In, you know, like, my career or family life or whatever the case may be. Um, just by being there for me. Uh, I think it's cool when people are like, we'll, we'll step up. Like, why are people eviscerating her? She's a good person. That's fair. Because it's easier to just fade into the background and be like, I don't know. What's uh, what's everybody's problem? Um, yeah. You're like, you guys were married. So <laughs> maybe be cool about that. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I can't think of anybody. Bus Stop Girl, Faceless Somebody, who... Did a good deed anonymously, just out of the goodness of their heart. Probably those guys. The computer board of people who <laughs> vouched for Chae sung reputation. <laughs> it'll, fit, it'll fit on the award. It'll fit on the trophy. We promise. We promise. <laughs> What's your rating for this show? Um, oof. Time for the spice. It, yeah, it feels spicy. I feel like I'm going pretty low. Um, man, I, I'm gonna be exhausting and do a 0. 0.5 on Ooh. top of the number I'm gonna give. Um, just so that I can feel a little bit less, um, like I'm going too hard. I'd give it like a, oh, is this so low? Is it, is a 6.5 so low? It's is that really the lowest? Low. Seven? I'm going to do seven. We'll I'm do gonna sevens, because seven. I was going to do seven, <laughs> but then you okay. were saying 0.5, and I was like, should I do 7.5? So if yeah, you do like 6.5, I do 7.5. We'll it's do seven. seven. Yeah, it's the show feels like a solid seven. I think that, that that feels really right to me. When I think of the stories, it makes me think six. When I think of the actors and the characters... It makes me think eight. Yes. Yep. Everyone did a good job, is what I'm trying yeah. to say. It's so. just, there was, there were reasons. We talked about them already. <laughs> <laughs> Seven feels good. I feel good about that. Um, but yeah, to your point earlier, much, much earlier, I do want to know what other people thought of this show. I think I begged for this on the, our finale episode. I'll beg again. Tell us your thoughts. <laughs> we want to know what other people thought of Love and Contract. Is this like your go-to feel-good brain candy K-drama? Or is this like, I only got halfway through and and then I couldn't do it? Like, where did you land? Those are the only two on the spectrum. So where did you land? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, or reach out to us on any of the episodes on our website, but probably if you're talking about the book like this, you can do it here on, on the bonus episode uh, on our website, playonk.com, where you can also find our affiliate links, um, like Skillshare if you want to learn a new skill, NordVPN if you want to protect your internet presence, and find K-dramas that might not be licensed in your region. What's up, IPs from different countries? Uh <laughs> Um, or you can, uh, do your own podcast and use Blueberry Podcasting. Yeah. 
You can also find us on various social media platforms, though we're not super active on social media. We are on Twitter at PlayOnK, on Instagram at PlayOnK Podcast, and on TikTok at PlayOnK underscore Emily. Yeah, and then uh, the did we do the Patreon already? No. We're on Patreon. Uh, we do, like, we don't have a bunch up there, but we do some, some fun stuff. We offer, like, bonus content at the top of every episode. So you get to hear our just pre-show chat before we start the episode. Um, and that is patreon.com slash playonk, or there's a link at our website that will take you there. And then the freest way to support our podcast besides just listening to the full episode that you've done, thank you so much, is to like and subscribe and leave a comment wherever you listen so that we get boosted and other K-Drama podcast listeners can find us. Yeah, and I think that's just about everything. We don't have an announcement of what K-Drama we're doing yet. Uh, we're If you're a Patreon subscriber, I think we're going to probably toss up a couple ideas of what we want to watch and they vote on that. So um, that that will be coming out soon. We will let you guys know what we're watching. Probably when the first episode comes out, we're terrible about announcements. Anyway, we'll see you for that. (laughs) Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye, 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 bye.